2: Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's t r y l i f e m d.com. Are you kidding me?
4: You are looking long. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Welcome, welcome. It is Thursday, June the 11th, and I am at the office. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. Yeah, we like to change things up on you guys every now and then. Every Thursday from here on, we're going to be on at 3 p.m. It's not exactly what we want to do, but, uh, you know, we make, we make all this stuff work. One way or another, we're going to be here having a good time. Uh, the show, obviously, always brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They have got six wonderful sports books. You can go find more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. They are open. They are ready for business. They got all kinds of things uh, set up to help keep you safe. You can find more information on that over at tunicatravel.com. You can find us at everything.com. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms, etc. If you're watching the show right now, that means you found us. We're on Periscope. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, Twitter, we're on uh, Twitch, we're on YouTube, etc., etc. If you missed the show, obviously, if you're not subscribed to those, you should go on and uh, subscribe. We've already got people jumping in the chat there. Uh, If you're watching the show live, the chat is on the bottom left of your screen. Any platform that you are on, you can comment, and it's going to pop up right there. Everybody can be a part of the conversation. Everybody can help drive uh, the show. So, the Brown Yeti said, starting early, I see, yeah, every Thursday, Going at 3 p.m. Central uh, because I'm at the office. So I got to get this thing done so I can get home. You understand how this goes. Uh, Matt jumped in. He said, what's up? What's up, Matt? Hopefully, everybody is having a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. Uh, Go to the podcast. Apple Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Leave a nice review. Share the show out with your friends. Tell everybody you know about it. We would definitely appreciate that. Chris, uh, it's been a hell of a day. How are things going with you?
3: Uh, a little bit of the same, chaotic, uh, but staying busy, and, and I'll take staying busy. So
2: You got that right. Uh, to help us out on the show, we're going to bring in our buddy T.J. Reeves uh, here in just a little bit. He's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline reporter, has a ton of radio history. He uh, used to work for PGA Radio. Uh, he does the Three fight or, uh, three Dog Thursday uh, podcast. He does the Big Fight Weekend website and podcast, so he's big into boxing. We're going to talk about some of that. We're going to talk about the PGA Tour The Charles Schwab Challenge is going on in Fort Worth, Texas today. So, we'll bring him in in just a little bit and talk about that. First, we want to open the show by discussing some college football. Bud Elliott released, and he does this every year, uh, and now he's over at 247 Sports, but he does the blue chip ratio. Uh, Chris, have you seen this before? I, kn- I know that we've talked about this. No, before,
3: we right? talk about it every year, but I, I these are not things that I look at ever. But, yeah.
2: Totally understandable. Totally understandable. Um, it, no team has won a national championship with having less four and five stars, those are the blue chips, than two and three stars. In, in the modern era of college football, it has not happened. Um, so, what they do, basically, is they go through and look at all of the different teams that uh, that have this, and and they decide from there, right? You know who who has a chance to win a national championship, who is it most likely will win a national championship this season? Um, so we'll go on and run through them right quick, and I'll I'll just spout through the numbers super fast uh, and give you the percentage of blue chip players that they have on their team. Uh, Alabama, eighty three percent blue chippers. Georgia, eighty two percent. Ohio State, 80%, Texas is at 64%. They are fourth highest in the country. LSU, 63%, Oklahoma, 63%, Clemson, 63%, Florida, 63%, Michigan, 59%, Auburn, 59%, Penn State, 59%, Notre Dame, 56 Washington, 54 and USC and Texas A&M come in at 14 and 15 with 50% of their roster being, uh, being blue chippers. Uh, You don't see a Minnesota on there. You don't see Wisconsin. You know, at some of those teams, you're just not going to find them. Um, Chris, you know, listening to this list, uh, did anybody surprise you?
3: Uh, No, and this shows this is something that I like. Here's what I like about this. This makes my point when people always say, oh, look how great Michigan is and look how huge of a disappointment it is when they get smoked by Ohio State. Ohio State is what? 83 80%. 80%. And Michigan is Michigan 59%. Is 59%. There's 24% separation there. That's a quarter of your team is not close in talent. Yeah. Not close. Yeah. So when whenever Ohio State guys like to beat their chest because they beat the hell out of Michigan, congratulations. Congratulations, guys. You, you, you beat up on a, on a weaker, lesser, smarter kid.
2: Yeah, uh, and, it, and it's also why everybody, uh, you know, talks crap about Texas. Like, at Texas, yeah. 64% of their roster no. is Boochers. Now, drivers. Texas,
3: I, I was shocked that Texas was was that high, strictly based on, because I got to assume so much of that was there last year as well. And they were pretty disappointing last year.
2: Yeah, they certainly were. Now they lost. I mean, not a lot just losing to
3: LSU. LSU turned out to be a special team that was a little different than anything else last yeah. year. And, and I mean, they lose, were so, in tight games yeah. with mediocre teams, and they exactly. lost some of those games.
2: Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, Oklahoma—that's another reasonable loss. Um, but aside from that,
3: I mean, they were—they you know, were a testicle hair away from losing to Kansas.
2: Yeah, they, they I mean, the wind were. blows.
3: Just a hair in a different direction, and they lose that game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it, I think this year's a make or break. Baylor for kicked Tom their Herman. butt. But Iowa this,
3: State gave them all they wanted. Like oh, they, yes. they, they, they struggled in a lot of games last year with guys they were far superior in talent than.
2: Oh, Baylor kind of dominated them.
3: Yo, no, I no, mean, no, no. When I say Baylor kicked their butt, Baylor kicked their butt.
2: Yeah. It, it was, it was not even close. Uh, jumping mm-hmm. in the chat here. On Twitch, Jack Lantern, new uh, new user, new viewer. Uh, he jumps in, says hello. Michael said, hello. "What's up, fellas?" Gary watching some golf. Yeah, I got the Charles Schwab thing on. Um, I think that they they may be ending uh, here very soon, from what I understand. But we'll we'll see. But we're gonna have TJ on to talk about that here in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, Clemson being down at sixty three percent kind of surprised me.
3: Um, uh, yeah, I thought they were, were, were a little higher than that or would be a little higher than that, but it doesn't, I mean, super shock me.
2: No, no, no. They look they they so stars. much more
3: dominant than they are yeah. because of the conference that they play in.
2: Oh, yes, but they they also, they get their five stars, and then they are just as happy with three stars that they can develop as opposed to going to get okay. a bunch of four stars. So
3: you know, I think a lot of those three stars look like three stars when they play other four stars and five stars. And, yeah. and when they play louisville they look like five stars
2: yeah no, so it's easy uh, to right. say
3: we developed this kid yeah you developed him to beat up on boston college good job <laughs> all right
2: yeah, you're uh you're right you're right you got a valid point uh the brown yeti said iowa state is a good team uh and i've been building that bandwagon for years now 100 they've got a fantastic no, no, we, are, we
3: are iowa state yeah. guys no no we we like that program we like what they're doing we love that coach but I would bet. Where is Iowa State on this list? Are they oh, even on the list where you can no, say what no, they are compared to what Texas is?
2: Not even close.
3: So I mean, it's not, You know what I'm saying? That's not. That's not marginally close. They yeah. they should not be handling Texas or in games with Texas based on a talent level. It tells you that they're coached up more and they want it more than than the guys at, at Texas do. So the two schools that that shocked me were were Michigan being as low as they are based on the way everyone always talks about them, and Texas being as high as they were based on how they finished last year.
2: Uh Florida being up there at the same as Clemson and Oklahoma and LSU, it kind of surprised me with as bad as everybody's talked about Dan Mullen's recruiting and whatnot. Um, but I mean they you know, it's still Florida. Like you you can it's, sneeze it's still Florida and chip. Dan's
3: only been there two years.
2: Yes. Yes, and he's-
3: so so I'm going to bet all those seniors and juniors that are that are big student those they got the big stars next to them. Dan didn't recruit those kids. Dan didn't go get them. You might be right. And if he did, how did they grade JUCO guys? Because Dan is really good at going and getting JUCO kids. He well, wasn't state in transfers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No. Transfer. That's I guess that's what I mean when I'm saying JUCO kids. At state, it was a lot of JUCO transfers. But at Florida, you're going to get transfers from everywhere, not just JUCO.
2: You got that right. Uh, USC being as high as they are, uh, 50%. Washington, 54%. uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, you know, 59% for Penn State. And then Ohio State is at 80%. Uh, I mean, it's just difficult. It's just difficult. Uh, Michael jumps in. He said Texas and then uh, gives us the thumb down here. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look. I would like for Texas to be good again just because it's good for college football. I think it is. And so, but maybe that's just me. It is what it is. Uh, It's a little surprising. In the modern era, again, no college football team has won a national championship with less than 50% blue chippers. So, I would not expect that you will see one this season. Uh, The national champ is going to come from this list. And... Obviously, without the percentages and whatnot, you probably could have figured that out yourself. But now you do at least have uh, those names and the numbers associated with them. Uh, let's go ahead and call in TJ here, and we'll see if we can uh, we can get him in. Da-da-da. We'll jump over on the guest.
4: Boom, swapping out. Hello,
2: hey TJ, how are you?
4: We are all good, boys. How you been?
2: We are rocking and rolling. We are already on the show, so you're coming in hot.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't have it any other way than with my winning cures, guys. I know you've been chopping it up. I've been watching the show. I'm just glad that we have you still both socially isolated because by now somebody would have stabbed somebody with a plastic fork, I think, by now (laughs) if you were together.
2: Hey, you know what? What are you talking about? We love each other, but we can get a little heated from time to time.
4: So I'm just I, I'm just saying that I, I it's it's been heated in my own household at times right now during quarantine and the plastic silverware is something that's readily available and I just I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned overall
2: that's, I will say this if if Chris and I were quarantined together yeah probably <laughs>
3: oh yeah no no Chris is a very difficult person to live with He's a very I am the hardest person I know to live with
2: i can I can believe it I can believe it all right TJ let's uh let's dive into some of these topics really quick because I don't have forever today uh Dalvin cook he is they're discussing the idea that he may hold out for this season obviously Minnesota Vikings running back uh give me give me your thoughts on this and then I want to hear Chris's thoughts uh, because from what I've read it's unlikely that he will actually hold out uh I mean you're you're involved in the NFL you work in the NFL give me your thoughts here what, what do you think about Dalvin cook holding out
4: Two or three things on this one. One, he's a Florida guy. I'm in West Central Florida. He's from South Florida, went to Florida State. There are a lot of Noel fans that I know that loved him. There are a lot of fans of the Buccaneers that are also Florida State fans or not that wanted the Buccaneers to take him three years ago instead took O.J. Howard. And the Buccaneers have really not had a star running back, uh, really, for going on uh, probably a decade now. Somebody that you could really count on as a go-to running back. They've been searching for that. Uh, I am all about, as you guys are, get what you can get financially, however and wherever you can get it. And he's going into the final year of his deal. Now, it it does bear emphasizing he tore his ACL at the beginning, I believe, of his rookie year. Help me because it's all fuzzy on quarantine time. It was the beginning of the rookie season, right? Yep, Probably first few games. He was paid in full, by the way, for that, even while he was not able to play and has come back and has – Recovered, so there is a little there is a little give and take. Uh, he sees the money that Kirk Cousins is making and some others are making a, a, on the Minnesota Vikings, but the real, I guess, hurdle for him is the de-emphasis of the running back getting the huge deal in the modern NFL. It, it doesn't really exist on a regular basis. It's it's just on occasion. Todd Gurley got a massive deal from the Rams a couple of years ago and it's killing the Rams now salary cap-wise, and they've gotten rid of him because Gurley dropped off in productivity last year. So that I believe I'll kick it back to you guys. That's the real hurdle is that teams aren't paying 50 $60, 70000000 guaranteed anymore for a running back.
2: And I don't think that he's looking for that. I think he's looking for like $13 million a year maybe over the next three years. Uh, Chris, before I throw it to you, the Vikings kind of – build their offense and run everything through Dalvin cook. Now, obviously you want that to well, change. Well, I don't know about through point.
3: Dalvin cook, but definitely through the running back position right. last year, it definitely was Dalvin. He led the league in yards per game or something of that nature or yards per play. One of the two, uh, um, last year. I mean, he, he was the most utilized running back for his team last year. And, uh, and, and, and he's, You know He's worth the goods. The problem is, is, as TJ said it, and and I've said this many times on the show, I love running backs, but I wouldn't spend a nickel on one of them. I'd just run them into the ground and draft another one because so much of it's scheming. Now, I don't know what their offense is going to look like without Stavansky, but I got a feeling it's still going to be very run-heavy, very centered around
2: Alvin. That's his philosophy, right? Run the ball, stop the run, and, and you win a lot of games that way. Uh, no, I
3: think I think Zimmerman likes being conservative. He'd trust Dalvin over trusting Kurt um, it, it, to control the game. So, so I I I think I think he's worth it. The problem is, is not one of these running backs have ever gotten paid, and then it worked out for the team. That's that's my logic for why I would never pay one.
4: Is well, I'm the, show, and me the, girly, the
3: show me the big true. contract that worked out.
4: Go ahead, right. And the girly and the girly example is the latest one of one that didn't work out. And it's very interesting because Ezekiel Elliott wants the big money. He's seeing guys get paid around him. Leonard Fournette down here in the state of Florida in Jacksonville in North Florida. Same boat as Dalvin Cook is going into the final year of his deal. And I, I don't see any way Jacksonville backs up the brakes truck for him. Um, and then Saquon Barkley would be the guy two years from now. Now, by league rule, he can't get a new contract until after this season. You have to have played at least three years under the CBA rules uh, before you can get a new deal off of your rookie deal. So he would be another test to that. But you're absolutely right. The, these, these have almost become uh, just absolute uh, gold or, or, or artifacts here that we're, that we're seeking and that we're, we're searching for. Uh, for running backs to get new big contracts. It doesn't exist. Second contracts that are massive don't exist anymore, really, in the NFL.
3: Zeke played all 16 games last year. Okay, Zeke got his big money contract, played all 16 games, didn't miss a game. Zeke was a top 10, top 10 running back for the week. It's a weekly game. You show up on Sundays three times the entire season. That's not worth the money he's making. I never, th- I thought if any, and, what, and I don't have it in
4: front of me. What is he making per year? Because I'm sure that's what. Well, it was it was is.
3: literally almost exactly like uh, uh, Gurley's deal.
4: I'm Damn. pulling it up. Go, so it's go in ahead. the neighborhood of 13 million, something like that. 12, 13, 14 million guaranteed. Which again, if you're the Vikings, and I don't have their salary cap right in front of me. You have to be concerned about that amount of guaranteed money at that position. To Chris's point, when you can maybe find somebody who's not quite as good, but but cost a million or three million dollars instead of thirteen, that's the real challenge right now.
2: It was a six-year, ninety million dollar contract with fifty million
4: guaranteed. That's a lot. It so of- was that's, a forty-five that's, that's million too. dollar
3: contract.
4: Yeah. But but again, it's probably mostly front-loaded where the Cowboys took the hit in the first couple of years to Chris's point and 2022-2023 if Ezekiel Elliott starts to fall off, goodbye. Uh, rework well, it or goodbye. Hold
2: on, let me let me help you out here. Uh he his cap hit this uh this coming season, like last year his cap hit was uh only 6 million. His cap hit this year is 10.9 Zeke's cap hit next year is 13.7 million his uh his, let's see his cap hit in 2022 16.5 then it drops to 15 then it drops to 12 and then it goes back to 15 and 16 again uh his dead cap uh if they were to cut him his dead cap would be 24 million after the 2021 season uh 2022 it's 10 million and then it drops off if they if they decide okay. to cut him Well,
4: and you just refreshed me, too. He held out during the preseason last year, and I'm trying to remember he missed the first game or two as well, and that's the Cowboys. And the the Cowboys and Jerry Jones are, are as marketable as any franchise in all the world, and they were struggling, and they struggled all year offensively. So that's a different dynamic than Minnesota because I believe part of their argument will be, we will throw the ball with Kirk Cousins and make things happen uh, offensively with just another running back if we have to do that there yeah.
2: you go i mean when Murray was there Murray handled it really well uh when dalvin cook went out with an injury so you know and he wasn't as good as dalvin cook but he was still serviceable you know and they they still won a lot of football games with him so you know i i what what number would you put on it chris uh what would you be willing to pay him to keep him around
3: I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just not. I'm not schooled enough in salary cap stuff. I just know that my my philosophy with running back is: is spend a third round pick every couple of years. Every year, every two years, spend a third round pick, grab a new one, and go.
2: It's not a terrible idea. TJ, would you do the same thing?
4: I think. I think though, with him, he's an explosive player, and and you could come to some kind of an agreement, probably giving him. $20, 30000000 guaranteed, something like that, and find a way to make it work. Now, whether that's the smart thing to do, that's another argument. And, hey, I'll just end it on a hubris note. The Vikings are due to come to play the Buccaneers. Dalvin Cook can hold out the whole year if you would like. I would, I would rather play <laughs> Minnesota without Dalvin Cook.
2: I can believe that. I can believe that. Let me jump in the chat here. Uh, let's see. Michael jumped in on our previous conversation said, I don't need Texas to be good. They already act better than they are. Uh, he said, no way I would pay Cook. I like him as a player, but he's not worth the money. Matt said, I was very surprised Zeke didn't get hurt right off the bat last year. I was really expecting it. And then Michael said, I liked Madison enough to give him a shot and save money. Uh yeah, I could buy that. I mean, obviously well, all of them I think are are good. Like they can I don't think be. Calvin's
3: actually gonna hold out. I think he's no. trying, he might hold out, but he's not missing games. He'll be back in time to actually play the season because he has seen the running backs that actually do hold out and miss games. It hasn't worked out for a single one of them. None of them have gotten close to the money they thought they were getting, going to get, and they missed game checks. They yeah. missed part of the salary that they were already owed. It always worked out in a negative favor for them. I, I just don't think missing games is smart.
4: No, I think. And one more on that. Devontae Freeman got a large deal, what, two years ago in Atlanta, largely front-loaded. Yep. And they are now looking at him and did look at him as better days are behind him and, and deleted him. And he can't get a gig right now. He's almost gone through the whole free agency process. We're now uh, into the summer. He's almost at the point where he's waiting for a team, probably to have an injury, a significant injury at running back for an opportunity for him to jump back in. And, and Freeman, I want to say is 30. Maybe tw- the magic number is thirty, he's maybe twenty-nine or thirty. He's only three or four years older than Dalvin Cook at the most. i'm uh, yeah. coming right behind him. So but, Freeman, Freeman also example. had
2: an injury; he was coming off of that last yep. season and whatnot. So you know, obviously, a weird time right now because teams are wanting to get their uh, their hands on him, get their uh, yes. their medical teams on him. It, There's just tough. so
3: many good running backs coming out of college every year. Every year there are four or five guys that come out of college, and they're instantly a top 20 running back. They're, they're top two-thirds of the league coming straight out of college. On those rookie deals, many of those guys draft at third, fourth round, and so you're paying them nothing. And yeah. And it's just one of those things where why would you spend money? It's just all about value. Why would you spend high-priced money when quarterbacks cost so much money, when receivers, elite receivers cost so much money, elite offensive linemen and pass rushers cost so much money? Why would you spend it on a position that you could get for nothing?
4: Freeman is twenty. One more. It depends on if it's somebody versatile enough, though, too. Barkley is an exception in New York who can catch the ball and is explosive at that position. Uh, to spend more. But I understand your point. I mean, just bring it back to the Bucs one more time, and then I know you want to move on. The Bucks drafted Ronald Jones two years ago out of USC. He's yet to show the flashes, the consistency of the big plays uh, that he made at Southern Cal in the Pac-12, now going into his third season. But Tampa Bay goes and drafts two mid-round running backs one is Keyshawn Vaughn, the, the kid that was at Vanderbilt last year and yep. played at Illinois before that, and then the little running back whose name escapes me from the University of Louisiana, the Ray John K. They got two of them. To Chris's point, where it's basically th- this position doesn't cost us very much, and whoever of those three guys emerges is going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, uh, but this just season, look at and let's get it and Denver. Go.
2: Uh, the, the Broncos had uh, uh, Lindsey as an undrafted free agent. Correct. I mean, he's he's unbelievable now. Uh, yep. so Michael Fritz jumped in and, and threw that in there on, uh, on Twitch.
3: Well, and so, and so let's, let's talk about Saquon for a minute and then we can get off of it. Saquon can run. Saquon can catch. So can Le'Veon Bell. Guess what? He hasn't proven to be worth any of the money that they paid him.
2: Yeah. No, it's a, you, you're always going to be able to find examples. Uh,
3: Freeman- I, I think, I think Saquon is a freak athlete. I also think if they pay him top tier running back money that you will overpay and it will hurt your team in the long run.
2: And, and we're going to see about the Panthers as well. I mean, we talked about that. Oh, Chris yeah, McCaffrey. they gave
3: McCaffrey uh, metric a metric ton year. of money. Yes. Yeah.
2: No. Just crazy. Freeman, by the way, 28 years old, uh, same age as David Johnson. So Todd Gurley, who we think is, uh, is washed up now, only 25 years old. So, How about that? Yeah, pretty crazy, right?
0: This is the story of The wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding
2: Um, let's jump into another topic. TJ, I didn't tell you that we were going to hit on this one and we're not going to spend long on it, but, uh, but have you guys seen the news about Elon Musk's underground people mover in Las Vegas?
4: Have not seen that.
2: Chris, have you seen it?
3: Yeah, you will. You texted me and told me that, that we were going to talk about it and I looked into it. So I, I know about his tunnel a, in LA and, uh, and so, yeah, he's, he's willing to build a tunnel. To the in new states. So, so the
2: yeah, what they're talking about is uh, they could possibly link this up from the Las Vegas Convention Center all the way over to Allegiant Stadium. Um, and I think that this is a fantastic idea. It would get them there in less than five minutes, so you don't have to deal with traffic. You don't have to deal with you know any of that kind of mess. I love this. I feel like every stadium that is located outside of a major city should have something along these lines. This is such a fantastic idea, uh, DJ. I mean, what what are your thoughts here? It's it's a it's an underground train, basically underground. You know, kind of a subway system, uh, but it just moves incredibly faster. Uh, I I think it's awesome. Like I, I love digging into stuff like this, uh, especially when it can tie into sports one way or another. Uh, TJ, uh, what do you what do you think here?
4: As somebody that has lived for um, all of my adult life, uh, really, in West Central Florida, and we don't really have modes of mass transit, it's completely different. Now, if you're interviewing somebody that's in New York, it's second nature for them to take trains and subways to everything they do. I mean, for God's sake, to get to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, you basically can't drive to it. You have to take the train or the subway to to, to be able to get into Brooklyn and get into that area. Uh, There's no parking anywhere around there. Now, the NFL, I can speak to this, in most of the cases for most of the stadiums, they are in a remote part of wherever the town is, and you have to drive more so than being in the metropolitan part uh, of a city, let's say. Some of them are downtown, but some of them are out of the way. In the case of the Vegas one, it's right there off the strip. It's in the hub, so you would almost benefit from something like this the la one again is in the in the property in the area in inglewood where the lakers used to play and where they've had horse tracks before it's kind of a it's been a rundown area that they're trying to revitalize but la traffic is such a disaster obviously something like this would be a great solution so i'm all about saving the peeps a lot less time that's for sure
2: you got that right and get more people to uh to the stadiums that is always a good thing all right we'll jump off of that and TJ, this is what I really wanted to bring you in for because you know more about this than we do. Uh, obviously, you've got a history with uh, PGA Tour radio and and all of that. Uh, for anybody that's listening that hasn't heard TJ before, uh, and if you weren't here for the opening of the show, we introduced him then and we brought him right in. But TJ Reeves, uh, he's the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He hosts the Three Dog Thursday podcast. He does Big Fight Weekend as well. Handles boxing, and we'll jump to that here in a minute. But uh, T.J., you're a jack of all trades. You have done everything. <laughs> Let Let's talk about this Charles Schwab uh, Challenge that's going on right now. The the PGA Tour event that's in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Justin Rose looks like he is on top of the leaderboard right now at seven under. Um, give me Give me some thoughts on this weekend. Who Who do we need to be paying attention to for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday?
4: Great uh, to talk some golf. And yes, you said Jack, and I wasn't sure what was following that. You're a Jack, <laughs> but the uh, the Uh, diversity that I have, it's odd, isn't it? Because I've done golf. I I was on SiriusXM as their five-day-a-week morning golf host and and worked on PGA Tour radio calling live golf events. And then we'll get to the boxing. The boxing is the exact opposite of serene and quiet and well-behaved and and a gentleman's game like golf. Boxing is the savagery of of getting in a ring with gloves and punching somebody. But yeah, for right now, it's neat to have golf back. And the best players in the world are are obviously uh, anxious to go and play events. The top five players in the world, including Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, are all at this event in Fort Worth. Now, they're not going to play all of the events in the coming weeks, but it's just neat to have all of them back. And, yeah, Rose played well earlier today. This is an old-school golf course. A lot of the big hitters can at times overpower it, but, but also accuracy is at, at a much bigger premium um, and so, yes, Justin Rose in the lead. I saw Phil shot one under earlier today. I haven't seen what Brooks Kepka has done as of yet, but you may have that right that's in front of you. I've had um, it on uh, a little while him. ago, but the, He's, big, uh, the big two names, un- two under. Yeah, the big right. names are all there, and this will be a lot of fun to watch um, again. Because if there's one sport that can function better with the social distancing, this is the one that that you would think it's such an individual sport player and caddy and fans at a distance that this one can go on. And how about this stat? Chris, you love my uh, stats whenever I come on here. We talked about this on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. I will illuminate it here on Winning Cures Everything. They've readjusted the schedule. We've, we've moved the Masters to November. The U.S. Open that was due to be played this coming week, not this week, but next week, they were due to play the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. That's been moved to September the week before the Ryder Cup, the U.S. against Europe, they flip-flopped the PGA Championship back to August where it used to play. So when the PGA Championship begins on its first day in August, on that Thursday, from that first day until they play the Masters in November for the first time ever, there's going to be three major championships, three PGA Tour playoff events, and a Ryder Cup within 101 days of each other. So the golf is going to build to some craziness yes during the football season but there's going to be some great golf crammed together over a 90 to 100 day period august september not so much in october but the masters in november going to be very interesting where they put it there on the calendar the second week in augusta where it's going to be colder and play as a different course uh so yeah the golf is back good to have the golf. i know not everybody's a golf fan uh from a from a gambling standpoint uh, though it is interesting on some of these uh, on some of these guys to pay attention to to what they've done at at previous courses, Rose has had a lot of success at this event. Mickelson's a former winner as well at this event, so keep an eye on Phil at 50 years young for Phil Mickelson. Now I cannot believe that. Have you
2: seen Bryson DeChambeau? By the way, uh,
4: my man looks like a linebacker. This is the former <laughs> U.S. amateur champion. Uh, the former NCAA champion. He's won a couple times on tour. He's known for having, uh, the, the uh, the different clothes, uh, kind of the old school, uh, clothes and the Kangol, the hat. Uh, but you're right, he he looks like, I have seen him, he looks like he's put on 10 or 15 pounds of muscle. He looks more like a linebacker right now than a oh, golfer. He, I think
3: I think all that muscle was smart because he's also known for playing really slow and pissing off Brooks Kepka.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you're going to tangle with Brooks, you better pack on 10, 15 and, and pounds Brooks,
4: of muscle. Brooks, by the way, is built like a linebacker and buffed as well. So the, the days uh, of, of yes. golfers being the overweight... Hot belly, cigarette smoking guys of the '60s and the '70s—that is no more. You're absolutely right. That's, uh, so after
3: after Ruiz won the title in boxing, the heavyweight title, what was it last year? Yeah, is when Andy Ruiz won it. So when Ruiz yeah. won it, Brooks Kepka was the number one golfer in the world. I went back to the days of the '90s when I grew up, first starting to learn and love different sports. The number one golfer in the world at that time was John Daly smoking beer gut beer out and uh and the number one boxer in the world was Holyfield, and i had a picture of those two and i was just like wow look at how the world has changed the number one golfer in the world looks like the number one boxer in the world 30 years ago that's
4: a great hey that is and a the great number one visual. fighter
3: in the world looks like the number one golfer in the world yes, 30 that years.
4: is appropriate that's a great visual yes there there is no doubt you can accomplish some things in sports with the dad bod or the mall cop or whatever you want to call that body. Um, but uh, it, it, is, it is interesting that fitness has become such a big part of golf and strength and being able to hit the ball farther because of it has become such a big deal in golf. I can tell you that in the last 10 years, uh, the number of guys that are in that fitness uh, room or trailer pounding the weights, it's amazing. Uh, how much that 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 has become a bigger deal and a regular part of the PGA tour. So it's not surprising. And Kepka is off of a knee injury, by the way, and there's some questions as to how uh, he's going to shape up here over the next few weeks, a few months. They're actually coming to Memphis, as you guys know. You're in the mid South. They're coming to Memphis in July. And then that that barrage of of big events um, uh, coming in August and September where they're playing the PGA Championship in San Francisco – The U.S. Open in golf being played at Wingfoot in New York, famed Wingfoot. The Ryder Cup is supposed to be in Wisconsin, potentially with no fans. And we talk about this on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. I gave some opinions, but I'd love to have your opinions. Should they play the Ryder Cup if no one can be there to root on the U.S. or the Europeans? What are your opinions on that, boys?
2: I think... I think yes, because one, everybody needs live sports and whatnot. Now, the timing is, of course, strange because you're going up against all of these other sports, right? Like everything is going to be coming back at the same time, getting ready to go for the fall. Uh, It's going to be tough, but, you know, it's nice to have options. Yes, I don't think that you just cut it out uh, just because what time of year
3: is the Ryder Cup being played now?
4: It's always it's always been played in September, about the second or third week in September. It's always gone head to head with football, with college and NFL football on that weekend. So we're we're talking about a time period where you could put the word out uh, that hey, we are going to have some fans. It's not going to be jam packed with tens of thousands, but we might have you know exclusive fans, three to five thousand fans, five to seven thousand fans. Yeah.
3: You can you can ask Gary. I'm on this. I'm taking all over bets I can get. I think the NFL is not just gonna be limited fans. I think they're gonna sell out every stadium opening weekend. And I think they'll sell out every stadium all 16 games. Yep. I think everybody is showing up and and I I think the NFL is going to tell the government, we are taking this over. You're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be just like baseball. You come in at your own risk. If you get sick, you get sick. But, but we're going to have fans, because they're going to see the NFL do that for two or three weeks before they get there, they are going to pack that place out.
2: Uh, Michael they're jumped true. in on Twitch, by the way. He said, no Ryder Cup without fans. It won't be near the same. Need to postpone it for a year.
4: I mean, we'll see. Well, and that's that's the challenge. What happens if you do postpone it for a year and, and we have the pandemic and the scare again down the road? At some point, I'm with you. We don't want to go down the rabbit hole here on the show, because I know you got to get out of here. But at some point, you got to start overcoming some of what is, what, what could happen, what might happen, what's projected to happen. You got to get past some of that and understand what actually has happened, what is not likely to happen. Um, and and we'll see. Uh, you may you may have a very valid point that it may not just be Chris. Fifty percent capacity by the time we get to September, it may be up to the NFL if they want to have full stadiums. Or not, yeah, and uh, and make that revenue and make that money. And for college football, especially for the non-power five, they have to be able to have fans and sell tickets to survive. There's no doubt. No, you got that right.
2: All right, TJ, let's get uh, let's get one last topic in here. Wow, we've got you. Um, UFC obviously is rocking and rolling. They're doing their thing. Boxing just came back on Tuesday night. They had top rank uh, do it in the ESPN event. Shakur Stevenson uh, KO'd, uh, Carabea. Um, it, it was, it was a great showing by him. You know, what, what do we have to look forward to with boxing? I know that we've got Tyson Fury and, um, uh, the bronze bomber coming up in October, I believe. Uh, what, what do we have to look forward to? Who can we point at and say, all right, this is who we need to be paying attention to.
4: Thank you for the, uh, for the tee up on boxing. And we've been writing about it and talking about it on big fight weekend podcast. Finally, we have fights. Uh, Again, top rank is going to be back on ESPN tonight. You haven't really heard of the guys that are fighting in these early shows. They're not championship huge names as of yet, because again, in fairness, they they don't know what to expect here on these first few shows and what happens if a fighter tests positive. They already had a female fighter test positive uh, back uh, last weekend. She's disputing that, by the way. She got asked to leave, and she's saying – I had proof before I came there that, that uh, I was not contagious. I have more proof now that I was not contagious. I should have been allowed to fight, and she may be back on another show. Shakur Stevenson is probably the most prominent fighter that is going to be on these June fights uh, for top rank because he's a former American silver medalist at the Olympics. He won a world title his last time out. He, he dominated a nobody uh, the other night. But it's a real challenge because, again, back to the same point, guys. They want to have live gate. They want to have thousands of fans come to these. And you and you mentioned um, the, the Raiders and Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. They make make use of that football stadium to be able to socially distance uh, coming here in the fall, where you can have fifteen or twenty thousand like you would normally have, and spread them out to come be part of the live fight in a huge football stadium. So that may be on the agenda, but for right now, top rank deserves a lot of credit. They've got boxing program on programming on a couple of nights a week. There are a couple of weeks here in June where they're going to go Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. So live boxing is back again, not the most recognizable names. That's a bit of a struggle. But we'll get back to some of the bigger names like Canelo Alvarez. The Fury-Wilder rematch may even be later in the year, Gary and Chris. It might not be October. It might be November or December. And who knows if that's in the U.S., in Vegas again, or if it's somewhere else. They've been theorizing that it might be in Australia as a location (laughs) or a couple of other places. They fought last year. You mentioned Ruiz, Chris. Ruiz and Anthony Joshua fought in Saudi Arabia last December. So we'll wait to see. Uh, where some of these bigger names end up coming back and fighting uh, in the next few weeks, couple of months. But uh, for right now, some fights is. I'm with you guys. Some fights better than no fights at all.
2: You got that right. Uh, last thing before we let you go, they announced uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Uh, what What are your thoughts here?
4: Did I miss something? Did I mean, Tyson that, that, Fury they... beat? Did, did I miss that he beat Deontay Wilder for the final time nope, to nope. set up what's going to happen? Did I miss that? <laughs> I know we've been on quarantine. That's, that's what we those, talked those about. Those guys are signed and sealed for a rematch. Anthony Joshua has another opponent uh, that you guys don't know, won't know, won't care. He's yep. a Bulgarian. that he has to fight to keep one of his titles as a mandatory challenger. Until those guys fight, uh, you know, uh, Joshua, his mandatory, and Fury gets by Wilder again, then we shouldn't be worried about what Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury have signed to. I, I found know, it I strange. I know the I, English— the English promoter Eddie Hearn is all excited about this, but we still got fights to go. That that's like a team declaring themselves ready for Super Bowl Fifty Five here in Tampa in February, and they're doing it in the first month of the season. Uh, you got to play the games. That's kinda, play the games.
2: that was my thought process. Here is hey, Chris and I both said, "Okay, well, what happens if if either of them uh, loses?" No, Chris didn't. Chris, now, Chris,
3: Chris said disagrees Chris
2: with said, this have completely. The fights. Chris said have the fights. Uh, like it's, it's a, a great be fight. Is a
3: great fight. It doesn't matter if the guy's is undefeated. It doesn't matter if both these guys lose their next <laughs> fight. Can we still watch them fight and it still be a great fight? Just because they both lost the last fight that they had.
2: I think. I think maybe you don't announce it until later because there. It's not as much hype now. Like, it, it's just yeah, well, kind of they're,
4: they're desperate over in the U.K. to get some kind of boxing going, get some kind of news. They know that Fury's a draw. But here's what Fury's figured out. The money's in the U.S. as well. The oh, money's yeah. in Las Vegas with Bob Arum in top rank. And more than likely, that fight with Wilder is going to be in Vegas late this year. Uh, and so let's see what happens in that one. Can, can Wilder regroup and recover from what we discussed on your show in February when he was completely outclassed and overmatched or was he exposed once and for all as a limited fighter that only has the big bomb right hand. That's the intrigue of that fight, but that fight has to happen first before we care about Fury and Joshua. There's my, there's my two cents. Hey, you got that right.
2: <laughs> all right. He is TJ Reeves. You can follow him on Twitter at Buck sideline guy. Uh, go download the uh, three dog Thursday podcast. the yeah. Big Fight weekend podcast. Make sure you subscribe to those, leave a nice review, tell him we sent you. He uh, he appreciates reading those, I know. Uh, TJ, thank you so much for jumping in here, man. We're uh, we're going to go ahead and let you go.
4: I always love being on with you guys, and by the way, on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, this is the anniversary week of Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson being oh, right yeah. in my hometown, your area, in Memphis, Tennessee, in 2002. There's a couple of great stories on the podcast about that fight at the at the pyramid, what's now the Bass Co shops in downtown <laughs> Memphis. Check it out on the podcast. Always good to be with you, winning tours, dude. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you, be man, looking, brother.
2: Bro. Be good. All right. TJ Reeves jumping in here. Uh, Damien jumped in and said, Have them fight in outer space, damn it. <laughs> Just have it somewhere. Who cares? Uh, Joseph, going back to an earlier conversation, Joseph Gomez said, If you bought a PSL for a seat, how are you going to tell someone they can't come and others they can? That's big liability lawsuits if they pick and choose. Chris, you agree with that?
3: Yeah, no, I I don't think they're going to do that by the way. I think I think they're packing these things out. I, re- I think you're right. Right or wrong, good or bad for the country, dot, irrelevant to this conversation, the NFL is going forward. They are a train that is moving and they are going to be on time.
2: I think uh, I think you're right. I they're coming in on
3: time and on budget.
2: Have you seen anything else that we need to hit today?
3: Nope, that's it.
2: Not a thing. All right, so no breaking news. That is wonderful. A little earlier than usual, but that is okay. That means I get to get the podcast out a little bit earlier. Everybody that's been in the chat, you guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us every single day. Uh, Monday through Friday, we jump in in the afternoon, and we try and fill your life with a little more sports talk. That's uh, sports talk and guy talk. So the Elon Musk thing I know was not not sports talk, but, eh, you know, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. So, I'm going to bring it up because it's our show. So, it's what it is. All right. You guys are great. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, subscribed to the live feeds. Share the show out with your buddies. Leave a nice review. And, as always, oh, tunicatravel.com. Go to tunicatravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi, South's premier sports gambling destination. They bring you the show every day. Uh, you guys are great. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at winningcures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes